It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Ed Jordanic. Also joining us from NDNation.com, Mike Coffey. All right, so obviously, guys, there's excitement in the air. Um, you can make the argument there's more excitement than has been in years past for some reason. Maybe maybe this is the year it's a little different. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it, it might be the year. Like <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. Let me get to it. It's gonna, this is like impromptu. So if you can see that, that's my Notre Dame banner of Notre Dame championships. And unfortunately, the last one's 1988. Not, not that that I'm suggesting that'll happen this year, but there's a slight possibility coffee could for once be wrong this season and we go 12 and 0 instead of 11 and 1. But I will say this, I, you know, Ed, I'll let you crank at this first. I, I would say here's a big, huge difference. And I know Sam Hartman is where we could start, but, I, but I'll be honest with you when I, I, cause I rewatched the game. I didn't rewatch the whole game. I rewatched the, one of the beauties of YouTube is the condensed game where they take out all the commercial. You can you can literally breeze through a game in 40 minutes. Wow. It's freaking awesome, man. So anyway, instead of having to listen to Lindsey Nelson for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of the matter is Notre Dame passes the eye test. And this is the first time in a long time that I've seen that where there are guys making plays on both sides of the ball. Whether you want to talk about, and I actually teed up some videos, so we'll we'll take a peek at uh, Morrison's interception on defense, but then also some plays on offense, whether you want to pick Estime's 80-yard run, whether you want to pick out, uh, you know, States. I mean, holy cow, man, there were some big-time plays on both sides of the ball, and that's not something we're used to seeing that that often in years past. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, Notre Dame has always had, um, you know, three or four terrific, um, you know, athletes. And now it seems like they have seven or eight. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're bringing in some guys that um, sort of have a little level of sort of speed and athleticism that we, I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw like you know safeties come over the top without touching a guy and make yeah making an interception ball. when is yeah. the last time you saw that yeah, or what about a fun. defensive back who was playing defense and his head wasn't towards the quarterback the no, entire exactly. time the back of his head exactly. i mean on that interception he didn't even look at the defender right. the entire yeah. time he was looking at the quarterback and he and uh who was it he and henderson messed up another sure interception as yeah well, right because yeah you know, um, well, I mean, he, he it was in a basket and he pulled away at the last second right. thinking, I don't know what he was thinking, but right. So they gave one away there for sure. Yeah. And then Gray missed one towards the end of the game, I think, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty I saw the replay of it. I mean, it was definitely a catchable ball. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, jumping routes and making plays. And um, so, yeah, I think you make a good point. You know, I mean, 
there's, you know, look at the depth at running back, look at the depth at receiver. Obviously those guys aren't developed completely yet and they're not, you know, but it's not like a lack of numbers, you know, at receiver for sure. Um, you know, there's guys that are, you know, Merriweather striding across the middle of the field after that catch really looked, you know, looked a little like Randy Moss, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, no, it was, that was great. Other than that he got caught. I mean, I'm sure Estime was having fun in the locker room teasing both oh, sure. Mer- both Tobias and Tyree for getting caught from behind where he didn't. But right. <laughs> anyways, yeah, coffee. So let me, you know, I learned to play this really quick, just all because, you know, this this was a huge play in the game. Obviously, third and ten. I agree, yeah. This was huge. Because they had I done mean, it was nothing. third and ten. We they hadn't had done. done anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden you can tell that this this call was play now whether or not he audibled into it but this this is something they clearly saw on film three down linemen in this situation these guys are going to break out on the routes that and he perfectly draws them away i mean look at that yeah I, you can I don't tell know. he was running the whole entire time yeah I, I don't think he necessarily audibled into that i mean you, you he can may see not have. i mean he, you, he may you not you can see at the beginning of that that, that you that as you said the whole middle is wide open. So you can see the, the, the receivers go out there, they're taking their men, even pulling that OB even further apart, giving him plenty of room to get in there and make the play. And as you said, they really, really needed that play because a third consecutive three and out, you're putting a lot of pressure on the defense to have to be perfect. And you don't yeah. want them to have to be perfect. You want them to be good. And I, th- I think at the beginning of the game, they were good. And what impressed me was as the game progressed, they got better and better and better. Because that's another yeah. thing. When's the last time we saw that? A Notre yep. Dame team that is playing better at the end of the game than they were playing at the at the beginning. That's that's the part that amazes me. And, I, you know, this is that interception that you were talking about, Ed. But, I mean, look, I mean, not only that, but I want you to watch something. Watch number 11. Look at him also try and jump the route. See that? Right. Right. He's trying to come up and jump the route. So now, did they see this on film? Or are our guys giving the green light, hey, man, if you think you can jump the route, jump it. But the point is, is this is playmakers on the field. These are guys making plays at critical critical points. And it was 24-7 at this point. Yeah. I you know, think, I mean, no, it was, 20, it was 24-7 that. at this point in the game. I mean, the game's not over. No, no. It's, it's, yeah, it was 24-17. Um you know, deep into the third quarter, right? Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, yep. it was way deep in the third quarter. Um, you know, and I and, and again, you know, just going back to plays being made on both sides of the ball, I mean, coming out of that long delay, this first call that we play, I mean, great blocking. Look at this block on the outside. If he doesn't sustain that, no way does he score. But mm-hmm. Estime runs away from the defense. I mean, that is, that's clearly what's going on there. And those are big time plays. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, okay, we might have gotten lucky, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we went back into the locker room <laughs> and had discussions and said, "Hey, guys, we think this play is going to work coming out. Here's why. If they're in this alignment, let's run this." I don't know. I mean, they, these are the kinds of things that, at least up to the third game in the season, we're excited about because we haven't necessarily seen this this consistently three games in a row and you know central michigan central michigan so we'll find out about that but obviously ohio state's the telltale sign two weeks well and then the other part i like is just the the ability to adjust 
mean, the, the, I know there were some, there was talk this week after, after the game that um, the, the tight end passes coming out of the back for that just worked so, so well because that's something they saw over the course of the game. In those formations, running game just wasn't working because NC State was just pushing and sending everybody in there, creating voids behind them that a tight end leaking out could exploit. And and he was able to do it twice with two different tight ends for touchdowns both times. And yeah. frankly, that that's the kind of adjustment that I didn't really see over the last 12 years. I mean, I, I don't remember seeing a lot of times when you see plays being run in the first quarter that lead to more successful results in the third quarter because I, we did this so we could test that. We did this so we could test that. Hey, we found something that'll work. Boom, it works. We score. And yeah. the, you know, the, the, the ability for them to really adjust on the fly to something that works is is really fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you guys. But remember, it's, you know, and those adjustments are good. And I mean, I think that that uh, it's it's pretty clear um, that uh, the coaching staff has done a good job over the first three games. They've made those Definitely. adjustments. They, both, they, they, they've made in-game adjustments absolutely clear to everybody watching the football game, no doubt. But I know we said we weren't going to – or I think maybe Mike said, you know, we, we're not going to, you know, belabor the point. But the fact of the matter is, is you can't do those things on, on offense unless the guy that's taking the snap knows what the hell he's doing. That's exactly and, right. And he yep. is – you know, the fact of the matter is no doubt. he's older than five or six starting quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> You know, did, and, did you guys see the 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 the, the thing they put up? It's like how, how many starters in the NFL played in college while during Sam Hartman's group it was like seventeen or something yeah, like that. It's it was crazy. Just yeah, it's nuts. Crazy. But what well, you know, this this play right here is kind of emblematic of what you just said, Ed. That is a tight tight window right there, and to have the ability to have the vision to even know that that window might even open up. I mean, that's something we have not had in a long time at Notre Dame. And I and to his credit, he's proven it three games in a row. And I think NC State, like you said, is no slouch over. This isn't like, you know, a bad, bad ACC team. This is a fairly decent team. Yeah, they don't have, they don't have, they don't have skilled players on offense, but he's always been a good defensive coach. And yeah. They have talent. And I mean, that's a tight window right there. They have good team speed. Yeah. No, I mean, and what I was talking about was when you were talking about those plays to stays, you know, to the tight end. I mean, you, you're right. They were they were good adjustments. You know, they saw them there. But then the, the quarterback has to execute those, right? Because you have to sell it. And then you yeah. also have to put a perfect touch on the ball. Um, you know, his long throw to stays for the last touchdown was a, was a really nice throw. Stays almost, you know got himself tangled up in his own feet he you know he, but yeah. um but uh, but the other shorter ones i mean you know you saw how pissed he was because remember they ran that play and hartman threw it too low yeah the first time they ran it yep. was it that saturday um this past game i think it was or maybe it was last week i can't remember but the first time they ran that play with stays kind of sliding across the field like that um or coming out of the kind of coming out of the backfield um hartman made a poor throw um, but you know, I mean, when he makes a mistake, it's the last time he's going to make that mistake. Yeah, that's right. That's the difference. You know, I think like, this is that crossing route that you were talking about the underneath. Oh, this is no, this is the, this is so the here's the point I wanted to make about this one. When is, when is the last time a Notre Dame coach called timeout with 
the the opposing team inside our 10 yard line right and you're going into the end of the half and there's like literally one minute left on the clock and he calls a timeout right so your very first play to hartman snapping the football is with a minute left and are you seriously going to drive the length of the field with one minute well that's the beauty they've done it three times now and every game all three games the two-minute offense going into the half has resulted in a touchdown. So, I mean, it's one thing when it's against Tennessee State and Navy, but as as you mentioned, Brown, this this is a, a solid defense, and they and granted this 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 is one huge play that made a lot of the difference. But to Ed's point, the the play has to be made. You have to yeah. have a quarterback who can see yeah. that it's there, get who the sees ball the field, out there. who who keeps the play alive who has the vision to be able to look off receivers as he's and, – and clearly he's done it. Hartman has done this. Yeah. He's well, you know what? I mean, I think, I think you guys would agree. I mean, we, we've been on the receiving end of this. And oh, yeah. The hardest, the hardest court kind of quarterback to defend is the quarterback that can make a play with his legs but only does it as a last resort. In other words, right. you know, he, he sees the field. He's a good thrower. He's an accurate passer. But if he gets, you know, if he like like that quarterback draw that we saw, you know, just a couple of minutes ago that you put on the screen, Mike, I mean, you know, when you can make that play, um, but it's, you know, it's not your, you know, it's not your calling card. No, <laughs> you know I mean? it's not your go to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is really hard to defend yeah. because, um, you know, you can, you know, you, you're either Tom Brady or where you can sit back there and make every single throw and every single play. Um, there's not too many like that, you know, he's, he's, you know, or, you know, you're somebody like, um, I don't know, take another example, you know, like you're either a Brady or a Manning who just don't, you know, who don't move, but they're so good standing back there and they know the, they know the game so well, you know, or you've got somebody like, you know, I mean, I don't know who's another, you know, like a, like a Drew Brees or somebody who, yeah. you know, can make a play with his legs if necessary, but is also an excellent, um, um, passer and um, yeah. leader defenses. You, so. Yeah, you get you can't sell out to stop that run on those plays too soon because if you you give the, a quarterback like that, you give him an inch, and he's yep. going to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, and I think I think this play is a perfect example of just how tight of a window he can yeah, throw this into. Was the real kind of confidence. This was the real tight. I thought this touchdown throw was unbelievable. I mean, he knows exactly who he's keying on, but I mean, when you see it from especially from this back angle. Look how tight that window is. He knows exactly where it is. And man, I mean, he just put it right on the button. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's that's intense stuff. I mean, that's not easy to do. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think these are the things that have everybody excited for the first time in a long time because of, number one, the 24-17 situation where a lot of times we found ourselves in the second half like really struggling to get out of that kind of a situation when games are tight and there's a limited number of possessions left and, oh, my God, a single turnover and there's no way we're going to, you know, drive the length of the field. Um, it just seems like every single time we've got the football in our hands, we have the potential to take it the length of the field as long as we're not making mistakes or anything. And And I think that's what Hartman brings to you. But also the playmakers, as you said, Ed, there's not just two or three guys on the entire team that are playmakers. We've now got like 
both sides of the football, probably seven guys that are legitimate playmakers. Yeah. And they've got to, you know, they've got to grow up. They've got to develop. They've got to learn. But, but in terms of just raw, you know, raw ability, um, you know, um, we've got it. And I think that that's, you know, that's a credit to, that's a credit to recruiting, but it's also like, you know, think about somebody like Xavier Watts, right. You know, he, yeah, it's come a long way. He was, yeah, he, he came to Notre Dame adamant that he was going to be a receiver or a slot guy. And, you know, they've turned him into a really, I mean, I think that, you know, I don't know Chris O'Leary, but I think he's done a really good job with these guys. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they were very maligned group <laughs> or that, you know, they were really considered a weak link oh, in yeah. this defense. And, uh, you know, they've exceeded expectations. Um, he's worked. He's worked Harper and, and uh, you know, Carter into the mix a little bit. But, you know, I'm most impressed with with Henderson and Watts. I mean, they've they've really kind of uh, taken a next a next step, which was critical for this to be a, you know, for this to be kind of a top five type, you know, not a top five defense statistically, but I mean, a, a, a defense that could put us into the top five. Um, yeah, because because to me, that's going to be the key advantage that we have over over Ohio State, not to look too far ahead. Um, but you know, they still have a quarterback who's only going to have three games under his belt. Right. Uh, right. And golden, you know, that's going to be the challenge. If we beat Ohio state, it's because golden sort of, made it, it's going to be, it's beginning. It, yeah. Coffee. It's going to be because of the defense. If we beat Ohio state, the defense will hold them to a certain number of scores and limit them on certain possessions because we will put points on the board. We're, we're not going to win this game. 17 to 14 no. or 14 to 10, it's going to be like a 35, 27 or a 31, 27, or maybe if we're lucky, 42, 31. But the, but the idea is the defense is going to show up and make some plays and turn away some possessions that creates the disparity between us put points on the board because we yeah, will put I mean, points oh, on the board. Ohio State has skilled players who can score points, but the thing is you you got to get the ball to those skilled players, and it remains to be seen. I'm sure Ohio State has a talented quarterback. They always do, but as you said, only three games under their belt, first road game, hopefully a very hostile environment, and we'll have to see how they uh, Well, I think Marvin Harrison does, had but, two receptions last game. Against Youngstown State, he had two receptions. No, so that, was, that tells that was, I think, their first game. I think in week two, he had like 160 yards and a couple touchdowns. Well, I think, no, but I think last week against Youngstown State, he only had like two receptions in oh, the 35 7 win. By the same token, though, it's Youngstown State. I mean, you may not necessarily need. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think That's... they were using him as a decoy a lot. But, anyways, the point being is that if, if Morrison can lock him down, Okay. I mean, and he's the guy that's capable of it. I'm not saying mm -hmm. he's going to shut him down or he doesn't have any receptions, but if Harrison comes out of our game with five receptions, I mean, that that's what you're shooting for. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're trying to limit him to having a few number of receptions and, and not those big impactful plays that, you know, kind of upend the game for us. And in, in years past half, and, and I, I think the thing that's encouraging in terms of going back to the eye test how many completions did NC State have where our guys weren't right at the hip of the guy that he was throwing to? I mean, a couple of receptions, it was like ridiculous. It was like our guy was right there 
one in particular I'm thinking of, Cam Hart down the sidelines. And, oh, my God, the ball was thrown, like, perfectly. And it could, if he, the guy dropped it in, couldn't have been a better throw. Had that throw been even a foot shorter or a foot longer, it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you want. You want those – you want to force them to make plays instead of our guys blowing coverages and guys are wide open like against uh, – I'm thinking of Michigan in the game that was Desmond – or who's the quarterback that was the flair, the guy that – the first night game in Michigan that we ended up losing. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, in any event, um, name, but he's a kid from down here too, I think. Now that I think about it, but um, in any event, what I'm saying is, is that it just seems like there's a lot of things clicking at the moment that are beginning to show signs that things might be different this year. And, and look, we'll know a ton coming out of Ohio state. We're not going to know anything this weekend. Other than if we just don't lay an egg, but coming out of Ohio State, we're going to know a whole heck of a lot moving forward against the likes of USC, Pitt, Clemson, and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, but at least at the moment, you got to admit that things look better than they have three games into the season than in the last ten years, for sure. Sure, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I think that, uh, I, I, I will say the one concern I do have is the defensive line. It's the only major huge concern I've got because it seems like we never ever get pressure unless we're sending guys. At least that's what I saw Saturday. Well, it's you really know. it's really interesting because it just seems like you know the only the the chunk plays that we give up um, is when we blitz. <laughs> <laughs> And we because, blitz a lot. Yeah, because we're still <laughs> running into, you know, we're still running into guys. We're not, we're not, yeah. into the, you know, we either, and then we, we forget to put our hands up or we get to, I mean, they're just, for whatever reason, we don't, we don't blitz that well. Um, and maybe, maybe I have unrealistic expectations about how, how well it's supposed to work. Um, but uh, um, anyways, it'll be interesting to see sort of how that plays out. I mean, a couple other little things, you know, I always, one of my little pet peeves about Notre Dame football was like, it seemed like these schools in the South every single year would find these guys that had like big time legs for kickers. Yeah. Like guys who put the ball out of the, I mean, it just seemed like we could never find somebody to consistently get the ball, you know, out of the end zone. And that, you know, a 50 yard field goal was always going to be a stretch for the guys that we had. Not that they were poor kickers, but we just never had that that kind of that leg that was of cal- the caliber of like so many schools that we, you know, that especially in the South, you know, the, the Arkansas would have some freaking kicker who, yeah. you know, making 60 yarders. Yep. And it's really crazy. Like, I had no idea that this guy had this kind of a leg. I didn't but, either. I mean, 54 yards in the rain. I was like, what are you doing? And it was and he nailed it. It was halfway up the goalpost. Yeah, oh, yeah. halfway and up the, the goalpost. And the other one that hit the the upright. I mean, I think that would have been good from you know sixty eight, sixty nine yards. I mean, it was yeah. it was so, it was ridiculous. It was yeah. ridiculous. It yeah. was ridiculous. So, and, and look, that that first field goal was huge. I mean, don't kid yourself. Yeah. That's a deflator when you line up and kick one that deep. Right. Um, because a lot of teams would have punted that. How, how crazy is it that that guy that kicked for us last year is is starting He's, for the Saints. He's in the yeah. Saints. Yeah. He's I mean, with the I Saints. Think, I didn't think his range was more than like 45, was it? Yeah. 
He was he was consistent. He was pretty well, when good. Oh, yeah. when, when, you're, when half your games are going to be indoors, you're you know maybe yeah. you can that's true. give yeah, yourself that's a, a good little. Point. But I mean, do they have him do it? They must have a punter doing kickoffs because I can't, I don't think he was at. I don't think he ever got. No, he didn't. He wasn't deep on his kickoffs. No. Yeah. No. Uh, but anyways, good for him. All right, what's your uh, what's your prediction, Coffee? What do you think, Saturday? Well. The the other thing, real quick, that I that, that I like about this team that we haven't seen in past teams is when the backups come in. As I think I said in a previous show, yeah, there's, there's not little that to no drop off. off. Yeah, I there's think not that big drop the, off. The second exactly and third right. string guys are fired up. I think not only are they capable, they want to show what they can do. I'm saying it's going to be 63 to 10. Wow. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we see some. Some changes on the offensive line. If Schroth and uh, I don't know how you say his last name and Kristovic um, maybe get a chance, you know, in here. Um, I don't know. It just seems like they haven't quite find the found the right formula yet. Um, maybe they're still, you know, maybe they're getting closer. But I'll say, let's see, 40, 56, 49. I'll say, yeah, I'll say, I'll say 52. I'll say 52 to 20. 20, yeah. yeah, I think we're going to, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I always think that there's a little bit of a looking ahead sure. that happens to you when you're in a situation like this. So I, I think I may, we might dial it back a little bit point-wise, but I'm going to say 48-17. Um, but, but having said that, I definitely don't think there's going to be any kind of a big, huge letdown where we're going to be kind of scratching our heads thinking, oh boy, you know. Geez, we didn't seem like we were ready to come to play. I don't see that happening at all. I think, if anything, we're going to see, like you say, younger guys playing a lot sooner than later and um, and letting these guys have another opportunity to compete and seeing some fresh talent in there probably very early in the second half. Um, and so, in any event, I, which is all good stuff, because clearly you want to come out of this game with no injuries. I mean, we have got to be 100% going into Ohio State, and, and I, I can't imagine Hartman's going to play more than a half, maybe a little bit into the third quarter, but that would be it. Um, you, you just can't have him getting hurt at all, especially after watching Aaron Rodgers on after four plays. Oh, that's um, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyways. Couldn't happen right, to well, a nicer I, guy. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend, but then obviously the week going up to Ohio State, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of interest. Unfortunately, we might see a little more red in the stadium than we're used to seeing, but that's that's the world we live in these days, yeah, so really we'll, we'll see how that but, shakes out. You know, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think I think the, the kind of start that we've had, um, you know, if uh, – uh, there are better, there, they're probably, it's probably going to really limit the amount of Notre Dame fans that sort of, uh, you know, um, are tempted by a big dollars. You know, they're going to want to be, they're going to want to be in the house. So, yeah. You know, well, if they haven't, so, yeah, the problem yeah. is the guys every, that sold the tickets prior to the season starting. Yeah. That's the problem. Sure, right. That's is the problem. I just think there's too many of those going on. But you're mm -hmm. right, Ed. If you were hanging on, thinking about maybe doing it, not doing it, you're not going to do it now. Yeah. Oh, you, sure. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be at nighttime. Right. You you now sense that there's a chance that we could beat them. 
Yeah. And you're but not going to want to give that ticket up. You're going to want to be there. That is the downside of the night game, though, because those kind of people now all of a sudden they say, well, where am I going to get a hotel room from? And like, <laughs> if, if it was like a 2.30 kickoff, people like within driving distance might say, yeah, yeah. I'll go to the game. It won't be too bad. I'll get home. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. That'll be some talk for sure the next day, depending upon how much red shows up. But you know, it is the world that we live in. There's a lot of Notre Dame guys that have do a lot of business, a lot of yeah. people wanting to, hey, hook me up. And Notre Dame guys are good guys, so they'll be like, yeah, let me do this guy a favor. I go then, to games all the time. When, let me do this when, guy a when, favor. When you're playing a team like Ohio State where they have a standard color that they wear. I mean, every yeah. Ohio State person is yeah. going to have a red shirt on. Yeah. I think that Notre Dame has put an effort into telling people, hey, wear green to – yeah, the Ohio State that. game, just yep. so, so just so we can have like a, a common yeah. color, so it doesn't look as bad. Like if you have a bunch of people wearing red and everybody else is wearing like mixed, like gold, green, it blue, shows whatever. Up, right, exactly. It makes it it makes it tougher. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, it'll be a lot of fun for that game. I mean, you know, assuming nothing goes wrong this weekend, which I don't think it will, but you just hope everybody comes out of this healthy and we don't have any issues and. It's all guns firing for that Ohio State game. That's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Great atmosphere, great night. Alabama's already lost. You can't get any better than this. So, <laughs> so was LSU. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys see the? Uh, did you guys see that uh, picture of uh, or that little little video of uh, Tommy Reese in the press box? Yeah, holding his head in his hand. Yeah, I saw that. The, the, I think the the caption was like Tommy. Tommy Reese looks like, um, you know, a guy that's uh, having to call his parents from uh, from jail. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and the funny. Oh my God! I can't believe that, this happened. The best part about that is. Uh, what makes it even funnier is if, if you remember, Tommy Reese did actually call have to call his parents from the St. Joe County Jail. So that is true. <laughs> and I, and I, I I hate laughing about. It. I mean, he, he's he's an alum. I, at, at some oh, level, yeah. I want him to do well, but still, I'm kind of like you know, as much as we just absolutely were howling about the way the offense worked, the way the quarterbacks played the last couple of years. This is you know. Yeah, but I, you know, I, don't, I, I think that we gotta temper that a little bit. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's like Tommy Reese could have, you know, effed up Sam Hartman. I mean, no, 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 <laughs> you know, no. I, um, yeah, I mean, it, he's I'm glad he didn't get the. I didn't, I'm glad he didn't yeah. get the attempt to. I, I think the more difficult thing for them is when do you do the switch? I mean, how much time do you give? When do you get Buckner in there? Do you? What's the angle there? Did you know? Did Tommy think that Buckner should have been the number one and and from the get go? I'm all those things behind the scenes would be kind of interesting, but what what isn't going to do a lot of good is to bring Buckner in there, give him two or three series, and then yank him. I mean that that's just I, for Buckner that's not going to work. No. Um, I think you got to give this kid a, a chance, let him try and bounce back, um, see if he can improve upon some of the reads that he had. And, and if he doesn't, okay, fine. Then, then go with Buckner, and then ultimately go with whoever you think is going to win you football games. Um, but you got to give both of them a chance. I think at some point Buckner is going to get his chance. There's no doubt about it. I think um, it's just kind of how do you orchestrate that, and what what do you do eventually that's in the best interest of them winning football games. That's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger concern that. Uh... You know that Nick Saban has. I mean, he just hasn't had a dominating defense now for a few he years. hasn't. 
It's and, yeah, it's uh, been a little while. That was his calling card. You know, yeah. that's to me, that's kind of on him. You know, like that's um yeah. you know, I mean he he goes through offensive coordinators, you know, like shirts because they're all successful and they all move on and but and he's he's as much as admitted that it's kind of like a you know, the game has changed and now you're trying to outscore the other team. But um I, I think that you still have to you still have to have a defense that um you know doesn't get just you know kind of you know run on the way that they've gotten run on a few times now so yeah it's um, interesting yeah. yeah a lot of football left this will be a great year i think yeah next um, weekend uh, not yeah this weekend's kind of boring but man some really yeah this weekend's boring but boy it heats up after that it's going to be great a lot of great it's college indeed. football it's all right, good deal. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Ed Jordanik and Mike Coffey, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.